Hello and welcome back to the Thundersticks podcast. I am your host, Ben Kreider. And I'm Nick Talbot, and today we will be recapping the Thunder Magic game. Yes, we will. We're going to be going over Saturday's matchup with the Thunder and Magic, kind of who we thought shined in this game, and just what we liked from the team. So uh, going into this game, the Thunder were 1-3. The Magic, we I think we faced them on Tuesday yeah. of this week already, and they ended up defeating us by, I think, 11 points. 118 so, to 107. Yeah, so it was kind of our shot for redemption. They had seven, 72 points in the paint. Vucevic killed us in that game. We had Horford back in this one. We didn't have him in the last one. We wanted to fight back. So just some interesting thing that I saw with this game. This was the first game, I believe, there were fans in the arena. Like, I don't think I've seen that in any of our other Thunder games, right? I don't think so either. I mean, that's just a, that's just a Florida thing. Florida man. A Florida having everybody. <laughs> Florida man loves basketball, and I don't blame him, so. Yep, so they there were some fans here and there. We actually should have had one in the Houston game. But well, yeah, yeah. we should James Harden, thank you. Yeah, but anyways, just going into the game, in this first quarter, it was just a quarter of runs. Like we jumped out to an early 13 to 5 lead in the first 4 minutes of the game and this was largely in part due to the 3. We saw it in our last matchup against the Pelicans. We were just firing it away from downtown, particularly in the first. I mean, the whole game we were, but really in the first. And it was really the same. 6 of our first 8 shots came from downtown and that's really how we ended up getting that huge lead, but it got chipped down big time. The Magic closed out the last eight minutes of the first on a 28 to 15 run. And may some may be asking how exactly? Number one, Terrence Ross. This was a guy that whenever we were talking about in the preview and even on my post I had on Kyle Singler for MVP.com. The thing was, we didn't know if Ross was going to play. He had a hamstring injury, and there was even a part in this game where it looked like he could have, I think he got a little bit of discomfort Yeah, it was, down all, there. It was off of a screen from uh, Lugan Atez. I think, yeah, I think it was like a they shoot, were, shooting, or, or was it just off of screen? No, it was off of screen. Uh, yeah. Lugan Atez went over the screen and bang, and then, bang. Yeah, bang, bang, and then he's on the ground for like uh, a couple minutes. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> um... Terrence Ross, we didn't know if he was going to play like a couple hours before the tip-off. He was like, yeah, I'm going to be playing. He immediately was a huge impact for them. He had two quick threes right as he checked in, and he ended the first quarter with a total of 12 points. And second, Nikola Vucevic was starting to get hot. He had seven points in the first quarter, which, uh, I mean, he was he was doing good. making He, had, he made a three, right? Yeah, he was he making made, buckets. Made, yeah. made a bucket, made a three. Uh, and he, he was starting to make that paint. It started looking like a, a uh, kind of like that first, first game, game where he yeah. was he was getting like it looked like he was trying to get himself active in the paint, and that's how he ended up getting those seven points. I think it was two shots inside and then a three of his own. But it looked like it was going to be the same old thing from him, like Nick was saying. And third. The Thunder just got ice cold from three. And I told you of their eight shots, six of them were from downtown to begin. And they started shooting their first five shots of uh, from downtown. They were three of five. So they were hot. They closed the quarter shooting 0 of seven from downtown. So they were a total three of 12 from three. 
in the quarter. And that ends up kind of hurting you a ton when you got guys like Terrence Ross putting up 12, Vucevic putting up 7, 19 in total. That was a dynamic duo from them. And it was a little bit too much for us in that first quarter. Something that did help, though, Teo Maladon, he, he kind of had like a little bit of an ISO play going. I think it was against Cole Anthony to close out the quarter. Was this the play where he kind of like the ball got out of his hands for a bit? He recovered it and then. I think it was, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so it was like an ISO last possession. He kind of fumbled the ball, got it back, stepped in for a pull up jumper, sticks it. It was 33 to 28 entering the second. The Magic had that lead because Ross and Vucevic was just too much for us with the shaky shooting we were having. But yeah, 33 28 advantage going into the second for the magic and uh next uh My- michael cage he uh used our uh, term bring home the bacon pond so i guess uh we aren't as smart as we uh, yeah, thought we're... we were uh thanks yeah. michael cage you're still in still in our thunder on this one michael but i guess that's that's another one too kind of don't you think yeah still in our thunder <laughs> <laughs> yeah but anyways i mean michael cage we had in our game preview, as one of the big things, we needed to bring home the bacon. It was kind of corny, like, stop Dwayne Bacon. He had 18 in the first matchup. And then also just putting, you know, putting some buckets up. Michael Cage used that with about three to go in the first quarter. I don't know it, what that says about our sense of humor, that we're like, it, that Michael Cage is using the same joke. year old guy, yeah. Yeah, so maybe <laughs> we're, I think we might be a little bit too corny with the jokes, but Whenever we heard that, I mean, we were both kind of just laughing. Yeah, like, we dude, laughing, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so that ended up happening in the first quarter. One big thing in that first, though, I will say, the Magic only scored 12 points in the paint. If you guys remember in the first matchup on Tuesday, they had 24 points in the paint in that first alone. So we kind of got them more out to the three-point line. thing that sucks, though, was Ross was feeling it. So that's why the score wasn't too much different. But yeah, they had they couldn't just go inside and get two easy points every single possession if they had liked to. So Ross and Vucevic were killing it for them. For the Thunder, they had like an even point distribution. They had three players with five plus points in that first quarter alone. But moving on into the second, I mean, early, I think a tendency that we have seen, Diallo always comes in off the bench for the second quarter, and that that's really his time to shine, don't you think, Nick? I mean, it, it can be at times, but with me, Diallo, every time he gets the ball, he shoots it. And I mean, <laughs> he, he can pass the ball. I know he can pass the ball. I just think that he, he's he, – I don't know what he's thinking of. It's a, if he's the only one on the court. I think he thinks it's 1v5 <laughs> or something. But <laughs> I don't know, Diallo. You might want to start passing the ball. I mean, he did he did in the game with 12 points. Uh, that's going to be something Ben yeah, talks we'll about in a little that, bit. Right. But uh, Diallo just taking all these shots like he's the only man on the court playing against five guys. I will say, though, sometimes it does pay off for him. I don't know exactly how well he was doing to begin that second quarter. But that really, he likes playing like, he likes taking you one-on-one. That's pretty evident. It, it just really depends on when he knows when to stop shooting and when he knows when to pass. He just likes taking it over in the early parts of that second when he gets the chance with the second stringers. Nothing different in this game. I mean, in that second quarter, he was jacking up, uh, I'd say probably like three or four shots in the first couple minutes of this game. Yeah. So... Maladon, he also was playing early in the second. He looked pretty sweet. I mean, he was driving in early. I remember he got an and one to kick things off in the second. And what ended up happening 
the Thunder bench, they strung up a 7-2 run in the first two and a half minutes, and that evened the game up 35-35. to And honestly, that second string unit we have coming in the second has been one of our probably best rotations we've had. And we'll probably go into detail on that on another podcast because you have to break down so much. But we have just loved what we've seen from them. In terms of field goals, kind of early. It wasn't, neither team was feeling it. We had that run, um, but we shot three of eight to start things out. And the Magic, they went one of nine. So both teams couldn't find the basket. Muscala and Maladon, their pick and pop was working to perfection. And in that second, too, Kenridge Williams was shooting a lot. What do you think about that? I mean, I'm not a. I, he did have that one game earlier this uh, year where he did re- really good, right? Yeah, he did pretty solid. He I'm had sure. like seven or eight points there. Ever since then, he's been a little bit cold. Um, I'm not. I mean, I, I was giving him high praise in a previous podcast, uh, but he went 0-5 in the first half. Yeah, and, and all, those, all those came in the second, I think, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that was all in the second quarter. I mean, to me, that's that's rough. Um, I mean, it probably knocked him down morally. I mean, mentally. I get, yeah, he did have a play where he probably got rejected one or two times around the rim. And with Kenrich Williams, he, he likes attacking the basket. Like, you may just see him as a catch-and-shoot guy, but he will try to get kind of gritty with you down low and when you got guys like Gordon and Vucevic on you maybe you might need to ease it up a bit and not go up for a ton of layups but he left it short a lot of those times being over five in that second I do like him trying to get physical though I think that's a plus with Williams Baisley finally hit a three in this game like yeah he was um I think in the opener he was doing solid but in the past one or two games he just was not able to feel feel it from downtown like he had wide open corner shots that he was either like passing out of trying to drive in or he just shank it off the off the rim so it was nice to see one fall for him and as we'll go into later I mean Baisley he was not cold this was not a fluke three-pointer from him so he was very solid from downtown the magic were two of ten so they we kind of pushed them away from that painted area and they had to just result to those threes. Being 2 of 10, only 20%. Pretty bad for them. We shot 2 of 7 from there, so not like we did much better. Yeah. But the biggest factor was the free throw line. Like, we were getting physical. The refs were kind of siding with us they, on they some... They were putting yeah. air in the whistle. Yeah, what? they were kind of siding with us on some of those 50-50 plays. We got 14 free throws. We were 13 of 14 from the line in the half. The Magic were just 5 of 7. So Getting to the line is something that you like to see with these players, uh, for sure. Playing physical, it's just smash-mouth basketball. Easy points if you get there for most players. Uh, I think Diallo is the only one, one who, who missed, missed on yeah. that, but it's cool. It's cool because he does like getting physical, and he will get those free throws, and sometimes he'll just like dunk on you and get layups. So it's cool that he missed a free throw. Anyways, it's a Thunder 52-51 to lead. At the half, for your leaders, for Orlando, Vucevic, man, he was still hot. He had 16 points and 7 boards in that half on 7 of 10 shooting. And Terrence Ross, I mean, he had 12 in that first, so he only had 3 in the second quarter. But he really wasn't playing much in there, so I don't know. I still think he had a solid job in that second. He had 15 points on 5 of 9 shooting. For the Thunder... It was kind of just a spread in points. It was. And uh, we only had one player who didn't score by halftime. That was Pokachevsky. 
Um, so we did have good ball movement. Everybody was uh, was contributing to the mm-hmm. to the for, to the cause, I'd say. Um, and it's great to see when everybody on the team is starting to make a, an yeah. impact in the they're, game. They're on the same page, and all these points were just coming from all across the board. Like with Poku, he really wasn't shooting the ball a ton, so it's not surprising he didn't score in this first half. He was really trying to just distribute the ball. And he did have some solid uh, plays on defense, but just scoring for him was not there early on in the game. But yeah, 52-51, Thunder lead by half. Huge group effort led to that. So going into the third, though, as Nick said, in like just going over that first half, ball movement was great. And it was at its peak in the third quarter. We had 10 assists. In that third quarter alone, George Hill, I'm just going to say it. George Hill is the greatest, one of the greatest on the team right now. He went off. Um, he A lot of those uh, assists, they led to George Hill buckets. He shot five of seven uh, in that quarter. Two of three of the, or he went two for three from the three. And he had 13, 13 for George Hill in the quarter. Not just in the half, but in the quarter. And that was a huge spark to maybe even these younger guys. They're seeing the veterans are getting dirty, doing the dirty <laughs> work. And I love to see that. That's why I love George Hill so much. I know I've been high on praise for George, and he showed us why tonight. Um, I mean, he's just a good player, and he knows how to control the game. Yeah, I think if there was a fan club for George Hill – Nick. I think I'd be the president. Yeah, of that he'd one. be the president. He'd be he'd be the highest you could possibly be. That's Nick right there for you. He loves George Hill, and I like him too. I mean, real solid. He was doing everything we needed him to do. It was a lot of Horford getting the ball around the mid range, and he would drag in George Hill's man. Uh, majority was Michael Carter Williams. Really, he was kind of sinking back down it to Horford, thinking he could get a quick double team. Absolutely not. Horford hits Hill. It's going in, man. So he was doing very, very nice. For us, we had George Hill. The Magic were also kind of sticking to their primary scores in that first half. Terrence Ross in the third, he had seven points. But that wasn't even the biggest guy yeah. on the team. The main killer in the third, Nikola Busevich. He shot 80%, four of five from the field in that quarter for a total of 10 points. And Al Horford was not stepping up on the threes. I've I've emphasized this like in five podcasts now, (laughs) at least. He needs to get up on the screens. Um, He went two, Vucevic went two for two from three in that quarter. And that's just unacceptable in my eyes. That's six points that Al could have at least put a hand up or something. He could have put a hand up or at least tried to at least act like he cared that his man like his man was just standing wide open and he could have ate donuts and cookies and <laughs> and whatever he wanted pizza a cheeseburger i mean he just was standing there okay counting he is, his blessings nick is really emphatic about this screen stuff and i get where he's coming from i think vucevic was so hot like if you were stepping up, Vucevic probably would have drove in and got his twos. So risking it from three. I'd rather give up a two-pointer yeah. that's contested versus a wide-open three-pointer. Yeah, I, I, mean, I get it's just me. I get I get it from both sides, but yeah, I do think maybe trying to hedge or something, trying to help out would have would have kind of helped us a little bit. So, anyways, even with the efforts from Ross and Vucevic, they just couldn't compare to George Hill, man. So the game was eighty-four to eighty-two in the Thunder's favor. Entering the fourth quarter. 
And one of the fun little plays in the fourth quarter. This was yes. early on. Um, Poku grabbed a rebound um, while the ball was still above the cylinder. And that, the shot wasn't even going to go in. Yeah, it's one of those things where over in Europe. Europe it's it's legal to do that. Yeah. Um, you can go get the ball uh, when it's still above the cylinder if the ball is not on the way in the basket. But this ball was already coming off the rim, off the iron, and was already going away from the iron. And he still grabbed the ball. But in the NBA, that's called goaltending. Yeah. And the Magic got two free points for that. So, yeah, that's just one of those plays where Poku kind of just needs to adjust a bit more. I'm not really going to complain about that one there. It's just just it's know. just a young buck mistake. Yeah. That's, something, that's something he'll learn. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just the change of play needs to adjust that a little bit more. I'm confident he will, to be quite honest with you. In these first four minutes, there was really not much happening. Like, neither team was storming ahead at all. But that's when the Thunder went on a 7-0 run with 8 to go in the fourth. This run lasted until four minutes in that fourth quarter. So the Magic just couldn't get anything going. With us, seven points in four minutes is nothing crazy. But at least we were getting some points on the board. And during this run, the Magic were getting... Kind of heated with five to go in the quarter. Michael Carter Williams pulled the chair on SGA. And I will kind of play devil's advocate here. This was good by Michael Carter Williams. Like he pulled the chair, SGA fell on the ground. There was like a second left on the shot clock. The refs like called a foul on on Carter Williams. Yeah, it was a weird uh and and then Michael Carter Williams had a little freak out. (laughs) I was screaming for my chair, tech, 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 tech. And because I didn't I I mean I didn't know what what went on, but Michael Carter Williams just went storming down the court, throwing his fist in the air. If I was a ref, that would be an automatic technical foul, maybe. I do think he did have a case though. He did. I mean, after I saw the replay, I'm like, ah, he might have a case here. And I I know why the refs let him blow off a little bit of steam. But to me, that was excessive. I still would have put air in that way. So and put up the T sign and gave him the tag. Yeah, Nick was being kind of homer there, but I think Carter Williams did get a bad break. Um, the reaction maybe could have worn in a tech. I just thought that was kind of a like not that was funny a, to me. It uh, was... He thinks it was a funny play. I wouldn't really call it funny. It was just one of those plays, man. It was like wow. It was kind of game changing too because the clock was running down and we were going on our run. It kind of killed the momentum the Magic would have potentially had and. As a Thunder fan, like we will take those all any day of the week. The ref giving us like an iffy call that we probably shouldn't have gotten. It's cool by me. If it's helping us out, thank you very much. But if it was refs. the other way, if we were magic podcasters, <laughs> which we'd never be, we'd probably be losing our mind about that. But uh, I think we're thankful for this one. Yeah, so in that 7-0 run, just looking at who was chipping, chipping in on it, who was giving us those seven. Muscala and Maladon, they were doing well in the pick and pop, just like they were in that second quarter. Baisley was attacking the inside. And Diallo, he hit his first three-pointer of the year. Good on him. And really the only thing that Orlando was able to get for themselves, like on the first possession, the Thunder were clamping them up. The issue arose whenever they were getting the offensive rebounds. They had five in the fourth alone and that just leads to some easy buckets i mean it was simple it wasn't like the ball just landed in the magic it was hustle plays who wanted the ball more magic (laughs) was showing they wanted the more the ball more uh during that little uh that offensive rebound frenzy in the fourth quarter yeah so it was a 99 93 thunder lead with three minutes to go in the game and it kind of seemed like a deja vu situation aaron gordon early 
in those three minutes, dropped four points. And as we know, Miles Bridges in the opener, he dropped 11 in the last two minutes. That kind of gave us a scare there. Uh, we ended up only winning by two off a game winner. But it seemed like Gordon was kind of going to have that Miles Bridges moment. But then, out of nowhere... This is Money Al. I call him Big Al for a reason. He hit that three. It was well defended, too. <laughs> I know that Ben in his seat was going like, please pass the ball, please pass the ball. But I had trust in Al. I knew that Al was the experienced 34-year-old veteran who knows what to do in the crucial, critical moments. And he hit the dagger from three straight on three. Um, it was a beautiful shot. Put the Thunder up eight with 50 seconds to go left in the game. And uh, it looked like the magic uh, kind of was the dagger in them. And they were un- unable to come back in that game. Yeah, the, they were unable to come back. And the Thunder ended up winning 108-99. to And what does suck, I think late in the game, the Magic got like a free two points. They ended up winning by 11 in that first one. It would have been super duper sweet to win ours by 11. But... I'm definitely not going to be complaining. I think the main reason we pulled this one out was because we were limiting Nikola Vucevic in the fourth. Nikola only had four points in that fourth quarter. In comparison through those first three, he had 26 points. And we noted in yesterday's podcast how we needed to gas some of these Magic players. I think we did a great job kind of getting Vucevic tired by the end of that game. but. For your leaders of the game, Orlando Busevich, he had 30. He was quiet in that fourth, but still got to mention him. 30 points on 13 of 21 shooting. Also had 13 rebounds for him. And also Terrence Ross, that dynamic duo they had in this game. He had 26 points on 9 of 21 shooting. He had 6 boards and 3 assists. And the Thunder, they spread their points out a lot. Uh, it seemed like guys were uh, going on their own mini streaks at times, just putting the ball in the basket where it belongs. Six guys in double figures. Uh, we got to start with Darius Baisley at 19 points off 7 of 10, shooting 12 rebounds, which is a bunch. He was doing a good job being very active on those boards, and uh, he had two assists as well. Yeah, so with Baisley, man, he was doing a real solid job, and we'll probably go back to him in a second, but real great game from him. It may have been his best of the season. George Hill, he was Mr. Consistent once again. He had 18 points on 7 of 12 shooting. He wasn't afraid to distribute the ball. He had five assists in this game. SGA, it wasn't really his normal self in terms of scoring. He played 35 minutes. He dropped 16 points, five boards, and seven assists. He was five of 17 in this game, though, two of nine from three. It seemed like he was kind of getting the space that he wanted. It's just the ball wasn't going in for him tonight. And that's going to be something that, uh, I mean, it's, it's just mental stuff that he can't let that get to him for this next game against the Heat. Um, I mean, it wasn't just his night. Um, but luckily, guys were able to step up in other places to fill in that void. Yeah, there were totally other people who stepped in and filled up that void. Why not start with Al Horford? Al Horford was great. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. With Al Horford... He's kind of wishy-washy because on defense, he can kind of be back on the play sometimes. And offensively, he kind of relies on that three a lot. Look, if we're looking at the whole game, he had 12 points, six boards, and four assists in 28 minutes. Five of 12 shooting and two of seven from downtown. When he put up that like shot for the win, guy was all up in his face. 
I think there may have been time in the shot clock. He just kind of felt it in him. And he was one of six from downtown going in that shot. And that's why I was a little bit nervous. He jacked it up. I think Nick might have might have played it up a bit. I don't think I was that mad that he jacked it up, but maybe Well, you wanted the ball passed. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking maybe we could get like an ISO play of some sorts, but didn't matter because it dropped for him. So when we're looking back at this game, I think we're just looking at Horford as a net positive. We liked what we saw from him, and he really helped in that fourth quarter preventing Vucevic from going off in this game. Another person, though. How about Teo Maladon, the rookie, yeah. man? He had, in this game, 12 points on 5 of 7 shooting. Also chipped in 3 boards and 4 assists. This was probably his best game his of best the season. His best game so far, yeah. And this is a game that he's going to build off of. And I might see, I mean, he's probably going to, I mean, versus the Knicks, I think we're going to be using him a lot against the Knicks. We're going to be using a lot of guys against the Knicks because that's just <laughs> the Knicks. I mean, but I can't wait to see another breakout game. And I think that next game that he'll be able to break out. This was the game that Maladon really showed his true colors. We saw him in the preseason. He had 20 points. Great deal of assists, I believe, on the Roby Maladon pick and rolls. But yeah, he looks so comfortable in this game. He didn't really have those jitters that we saw from downtown. He was just one of three, but he still looked confident as always. And just going inside, no issues. He was really getting it going from the mid-range. And he got those four assists off of Mike Muscala, pick and pops, pick and rolls, whatever. They were a dynamic duo off the bench. Muscala only shot two of six now, one of four. From three, but he had eight points, six rebounds. Solid at the line, too. He won a solid three of three from the line. Yeah, so even though the numbers don't look that good, he was doing great because he was crashing the boards and then on offense, he was doing a good job with those screens. And if we put up screen assists where it counted just where he was setting those screens, I think it'd show he was helping out a lot on Maladon's 12 points. Another person, Hamadou Diallo. And I know Nick was kind of complaining about him trying to take things into his own there. But I, he did pretty solid. 5 of 9 shooting, 12 points, 6 rebounds. Or no, excuse me. Those were 6 defensive rebounds. He had 8 in total. 2 of those were from the offensive end. And he's skying up for these rebounds and getting the easy second chance points. He had 4 fouls there. But honestly, I'm not going to complain too much because all those fouls were really off of him getting physical. Yeah, I like I like the chippy playing style from Hamadou Diallo myself. I mean, that's 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 good physical basketball. I like to see. Just needs to do it a little bit more without fouling. And uh, 19 minutes, solid production from the bench. He did do a great job. Yeah, so he was solid. And then one other guy that I think we should mention, it's got to be Lou Dort. He's one of these guys who didn't actually crack. The double-digit mark, he only had nine points. But he seemed like he was doing a pretty solid job. He only played 30 minutes. That may have been his low of the season thus far. But he was I thought he was playing some solid defense for us. Nine points, four rebounds, a steal, and a block. So he was getting physical. Two of seven and only one of four from downtown. But he just looks super-duper comfortable from three. So I'm making the statement, I'm cool with him shooting threes now. Like, it's not an issue anymore. So as long as long as he's able to at least get in a consistent rhythm, um, I'm I'm cool with it. Yeah. So Dort was solid, and then just going a bit back to Baisley because I think we kind of did kind of slide him a bit, just going right off him. I do think this was his best game because 
He was even 2 of 4 from downtown. Really, it was one of these games where he was kind of it was kind of silent. Like you wouldn't have noticed that he had 19, 19 points. points. I mean, especially boards. in that first half, he had what was it, seven and a half or uh, I think it was something like that. Yeah, yeah something like that. I mean, I, I didn't even realize that he even scored a point at the half. Um, and then once I mean, apparently he was our leading scorer in the first half. Um, so that was pretty spectacular to see and he that was he's the doing in the, game. Too. Yeah, and the leader of the game. Uh, it's good to see that he was doing work unnoticed, um, especially by a fan like me who does play pay close attention to what is going on at all times. Yeah, so it was really just about him getting physical again. I think with Aaron Gordon, he was kind of settling for some of these shots. He took Aaron Gordon every single chance he got, and that's who he ended up being so efficient, 7 of 10 from the field. And we take away those three-point attempts. He only missed one shot from the two, and that's because he was driving in constantly, and he even got to the line for three free throws so perfect from him and with us 12 boards he led the team and I believe it was Nick Gallo who, who may have interviewed him after the game he was cool as can be he was given like one of those Russell Westbrook answers we're used to where he's he's bringing up like one or two things and just getting ready for the locker room celebration you know it's all about energy in this game and just everybody stepping up we could not be a, in more agreement. I think he was very very solid two other guys who played Poku and Kenrich, we brought up Kenrich. He was at 0 of 5. I do like the effort that he ended up bringing in his 15 minutes. I think even when he's shooting bad, he still brings a good um, bit of defense to the team. So yeah. that's why I like him a lot. Pokachevsky. He's an on factor, pretty much. Uh, he, well, he got two rebounds, zero points, and. 14 minutes, uh, 0 of 1 shooting. It was a three-point shot. Yeah, he had but he two did. turnovers, too. He had two turnovers. It was uh, stupid little mistakes, but it comes with the growing pains. Um, but on the defensive end, I was proud of what I saw. Um, from Poku. From Poku. Dude, this guy is so long. I think there was one rebound in particular. or It may have been a pass or something. Yeah, that one steal he got, it was like a tip ball. Poku was not even near this play, and a magic guy was about to grab it. And Poku just swept in like an eagle. No, no, it wasn't even that. He didn't even, like, run in. He just put what out his hand? arm, and yeah. it didn't even look like he was near the play because he really wasn't. But this dude's got some long arms. He has seven foot three wingspan, so he sticks it out. He's clinging on to that ball, and that's how he ended up getting a steal. So I like, I like Poku on the defensive end. I do think he's still being way too passive, like, those two turnovers, just get used to shooting the ball. We want you to jack up 20 shots a game. I don't care what the efficiency is, man. He just needs to get those reps together. And hear me out. Nick's not in I think that one of these games, he will finally get back to his preseason self where he's getting double digits and everybody's praised him like, oh my gosh, he's a unicorn, you know? It's going to happen one of these games. I want to see him shooting in high volumes. I mean, 20 shots to me. I don't know if that was an exaggeration or something. It was a bit. Yeah. I mean, I'd be happy with maybe like five, six shots a game for starters. Uh, one is a little bit low in my opinion, especially for a guy who we're trying to get to shoot the ball so he can make more shots. I like the guy. He has the potential. I mean, he has open shots. He just needs to shoot them. Yeah, it's the hesitation. Just shoot him. He's, he's it's hesitating. the hesitation for me that really just turns it off. Um, and I don't know if it's something mentally that he doesn't think he can make it or something, but he, he has the physical ability to make the shots as we have seen in the past. Yeah, for sure. So that was that was Poku, and that's actually rounding out all the people who played. 
little surprised Roby did not get a run in this. I mean, he's looked solid in his first two games. Anyways, just going into what we liked from this game, you got to start with taking advantage of Michael Carter-Williams. And in my game preview, I had George Hill versus Michael Carter-Williams as one of the key matchups because, look, he had to step up the void that Fournier had since he was out of this game. Pretty huge. Fournier had 14 in our first outing. Carter Williams was not solid in the first game. He only shot 2 of 6 in that first matchup, and he shot 2 of 11 in this one. So he was ice cold yeah, from, from offense and defense. And when he was playing for them, he played 31 minutes. That was one of the highest on the team. We just kept taking advantage of his matchup. And that's where we saw a lot of guys like George Hill and SGA finding the bottom of the basket. We just spot out who Michael Carter-Williams is guarding and say, okay, we're going to try to force Carter-Williams onto another guy or just get him sagging a bit. Hit up his man. He will create something. Carter-Williams got exploited, and it was a genius move by Mark Dagnall, kind of game planning around Fournier being gone and Carter-Williams having to step up. Uh, next up, the ball movement was spectacular. We had 22 assists in this game. Uh, I know, like you said, a bunch of those resulted in points for guys like George Hill, SGA, SGA Darius Baisley, Mike Muscala, Mike Muscala everybody. I mean, everybody was getting in, and I love to see that. Uh, next thing, uh, control of the ball. We only had 10, 10 turnovers, turnovers yeah. in this game. And uh, to me, that's spectacular. It's a lot better than the 19 we had. Uh, was that against New Orleans? Yeah, yeah. To me, that was outrageous. Um, so that's something that I'm proud to see that we were able to limit in this game. Yeah, I think we were 26th in the turnover column in the NBA. That's going to be going down after so like only 10. Yeah. I think, honestly, I think the number one team on turnovers had like 10.6. So this was on par with the best team in the NBA on turnovers. So this was exactly what we like to see. Only 10 in the game. It was something we struggled with. We know guys like Poku had six. He still had two in this game. Maybe we kind of didn't give him as many minutes to try to limit those. But yeah, I thought us keeping control of the ball was so, so solid. And number four, we got to go back to the corny, corny puns. And um, that's because we brought home the bacon brought him home. in this game. And cooked him and roasted him and everything. Yeah. It was ours. Yeah, so Dwayne Bacon was limited. He... Like at times, I didn't even know he was playing in this game. Yeah, to be I, didn't, I didn't either. He was he was a non-factor at all. Um, I mean, he got five points mm. off two of eleven shooting. It was zero of four from downtown. Yeah, and I with him, it was about kind of just making him shoot from deep because he's really not a perimeter scorer. He's an inside. That's where he get. That's where he the shortest. Yeah, was in the paint that's where he got his eighteen. Game. Yeah, eighteen points on nine to ten shooting. We said we're not putting up with this crap anymore. You can shoot threes. Tried shooting it four times, and he was like, oh, he, let me just force inside again. Not going to happen, buddy. That's why you're going 2 of 11 for this game. And the second part of just bringing home the bacon, like, we ended up just taking this win. We were scoring at will. Plethora of guys putting up the points. We had six guys in double figures, and then Dort with nine. Probably our biggest team effort collectively. I don't think anybody cracked 20 points in this game Basie was our leader with 19 we had I believe yeah we had George Hill with 18 
and guys like SGA was 16. But it wasn't one dude trying to carry us. It was everybody was contributing. That's what I love to see about basketball. It's a team game, not a single-player game. And I love to see when everybody on the team is contributing to the cause. Yeah, so we just had everybody on our team playing together. And that's really why we won this game. And I think that really summarizes it all. We were playing as a team. They were playing through Ross and Vucevic. This ain't a two-player game. This is this is 12 or it's 15. 15 now. We, it's a 15-player game, um, and and I love to see it, especially from a young team like Oklahoma City where everybody is chipping in, uh, everybody felt welcome, and uh, it's just a great sight to see. Yeah, so we really liked what we saw from this game. The next game, we will be playing the Eastern Conference champions, defending yeah. Eastern Conference champions. Yeah, we'll be playing the 2-3 and three Miami Heat on Monday, and we will make sure to get you guys a preview in tomorrow's episode. But other than that, guys, we have nothing for you. We thank you all for tuning in to today's podcast, and we hope you have a good rest of your day. You See guys ya. take care.